Good morning, Nachum. Good Arab Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parsha Shlach. According to the Chinuch, Parsha Shlach contains three mitzvos, two positive and one restriction. Parsha Shlach is the annual ouch. The annual ouch meaning, oy, 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 how could they do it? Especially the generation that experienced Yitzias Mitzrayim, they experienced the Makos in Egypt, they experienced the uh, Kriyas Yamsuf, they experienced Matan Torah. And now, after Hashem said to Moshe at the burning bush that I'm going to bring you to a land, Zavas Cholov Udvash, flowing with milk and honey, and now to reject it, to use the words of Dabur HaMelech in Tillim, Kuvav Vayim Asu Be'eretz Chemda. Ouch. It's not simply they rejected. That's a nice word. There's no nice way to translate the word Vayim Asu. It means they were disgusted with the good land. How might we explain this? So, I'd like to share with you an interesting idea I saw in the Sefer, Lemude Nisan, by the late Rav Nissen Alpert, Zechrona Levracha, who was a Talmud Muvak of Rav Moshe Feinstein, Zechat Sadik Levracha, and I was privileged to know Rav Alpert. And he says very sharply, based upon the parish of the Nitziv, and Itziv has, as part of his introduction to the book of Bamidbar and throughout the following idea. Why is the Sefer called Sefer HaPikudim, the book of counting? Yes, the book begins with counting, the book ends with counting, but what is there about this counting? And he says very sharply that the counting represents a transition. The beginning of the Sefer, when the Jewish people are counted at the beginning of the second year after they left Egypt, the level, mindset, and practical condition of the Jewish people is all lamala menateva. It's all supernatural. Namely, the food is coming down from heaven. There's a rolling stone which is accompanying them in the merit of Miriam. You have air conditioning by day and heat by night in the merit of Aaron Cohen. Their clothing is growing with them, is being pressed at nighttime. Their shoes are growing with them. They're living in a utopian uh, society. And at the end of the Sefer, they have already about to enter Eretz Yisrael, and they fought against the giants of Sihon and Og in a semi-natural way, meaning they took arms and fought against the enemy, and they won. So there is the transition between the first part of the book and the second part of the book from the Malamanateva coming into a more natural state as they are about to enter the land of Israel. Now what brought about this transition 
he says very sharply that you can see with the beginning of Parsha Shlach. But in order to appreciate the beginning of Parsha Shlach, whereby they uh, ask uh, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, now Moshe first, that we should be able to send spies into Eretz Yisrael. So if you go back to last week's Parsha of Baloscha and you go to the two inverted nuns which uh, surround Vayibin Soa and Venucho Yomar, and the Gemara teaches us in Shabbos 115 that these psukim are bounded by the nuns because they're out of place and it's there to separate the one poor anos from another. What are these poor anos? These poor anos, these wrongdoings are that as soon as they step out of line, they are zapped by Hashem. Because you're living in an environment which is supernatural, then you can't step out of line at all. And so, that's the first thing they did wrong. They ran away from Sinai. They should have left with a kretz. But that in of itself is considered a significant punishment or wrongdoing on their part. And immediately thereafter, what do we find? The people complain. And as soon as they complain once again, there's a fire that comes out of Shemayim. And when they complain further about the diet, so once again, they get the slav, and the slav unfortunately has a deadly effect upon the people. There is a supernatural existence which has with it its immediate consequence. Therefore, they come to Moshe and they say, as we find in the fifth book of the Torah, that they initiated and they said, let us send spies. Why? Because we want to do this we want to do this in a natural way. Ah, what does that mean? We want to go and see the enemy, the nations that we are to conquer. We want to know, are they numerous? Are they not? Uh, what is the situation, literally, which is happening in the land? Tell me about, we need to know the cities. We need to know, the. Um, are they fortified? Are their armies big, small, etc.? They're looking to do this in a natural way. And so, when one does it in a natural way, one unfortunately does not take into account the secret weapon that B'nai Yisrael have. Now, the truth of the matter is, if one takes a look at chapter 9 of Sefer Devarim. In chapter 9 of Sefer Devarim, you find the following very interesting idea. Moshe, at the beginning of chapter 9, tells the Jewish people exactly what the spies came back with when they returned to the people. Says Moshe, Shema Yisrael, 
Listen here, Israel. You are crossing today the Jordan. To come and dispossess nations. That are large, greater than you, and stronger than you. Again, what does Moshe say? You're going to find cities that are large and fortified, literally, up to the heavens. And Moshe continues, chapter 9, verse 2, I'm Godol Voram, you're going to find a great people and strong people, B'nai literally, sons of giants. Asherah Toyadato, that you know, Vatoshamata, and you've heard, Mi Yisyat who can stand? Lifnei B'nai So this is exactly what the spies have said. We can't do it. They're too strong for us. Okay? The one difference between what the spies said and what Moshe says is chapter 9, Pasuk 3. This they did not realize. Says Moshe, You shall know today with absolute surety that Hashem your God, He, capital H, He is the one who is going to literally cross the Jordan before you. Eish Ochla. He is the all-consuming fire. Hu Yashmideim. Capital H. He will destroy them. Hu Yachmideim Lefanecha. He will humble them and defeat them before you. Vorashtem. And you will conquer them. Havadetem Maher. You will destroy them quickly. Kasher Diber Hashem Loch. The very powerful idea that the Torah teaching us is the following. They wanted to live what we can call a life of Teva, a life in a more natural way. But they forgot one thing, that even in a life of Teva, the Jew always has to know that God is with him. And that is the game changer all the time. So, this is what Kolev is, has the people. The Torah says that as soon as the Meraglim finish their report, the Torah tells us, Ayahas Kolev, that Kolev has the ability to um, have a different perspective on the situation and what does he do? He quiets the people and he says, come on we are able to do it. Why? Because we have that quote-unquote secret weapon that they don't have. and uh, Namely, HaKadosh Baruch Hu on our side. And I want to show you something very, very interesting. The end of the parsha. The very end has the last paragraph of the Shema, is the last paragraph of Parshas Shlach. And look at the last verse in the Parsha, one that we are familiar with all the time, because this is the last Pasuk that we say every day, morning and night. Ani Hashem Elokeichem, I am your God. This is the very end of Parshas Shlach, the very end of the Shema Yisrael. 
אני השם אלוקיכם עם יוגד, אשר הוצאתי אתכם מארץ מצרים ותוקיו עד הלנד אביג'ה, להיות לכם אלוהיקים, to be your God. How many extra words in the Torah, my friends? And you're going to tell me, rightly so, none. Then why does the verse end again, אני השם אלוקיכם, I am your God. What do you mean, I am your God? The Pasuk begins, אני השם אלוקיכם, I am your God. What is the Torah adding, what is Hashem adding, when he says, אני השם אלוקיכם, the second time? Rav Schwab, in his commentary on Chumash and on the Siddur, says beautifully the following idea. אני השם אלוקיכם, the first time, when, how, when I took you out of Egypt, in a supernatural way. Meaning, there are times that you will see Hashem in a supernatural way. And then there are times when, unfortunately, we don't see Hashem in that supernatural way. But the Torah is teaching us that even when it looks like Olam, it looks as if the world is just going on what you might call automatic pilot. The world is going. Don't think for, for a second that he, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is not involved in the world. He is there. I ask you, look at Eretz Yisrael today. And you're going to tell me, this is natural? Oh my goodness. Wipe your glasses. Look again. Look what we, and when I say we, it's we together. Just like when HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, in the very beginning, Adam, let us make man. And it means he, together with man, we will bring about the perfection of the human being, so too look at Eretz Israel today. And it's not just in contrast to the Arabs and the way they live. Look at the incredible Sayato Dishmayo, the incredible divine intervention, the divine involvement within our community. And this has to give us so much chiyos, so much inspiration, that unfortunately with all the craziness, immorality that surrounds us, Ani Hashem Elokeichem, as HaKadosh Baruch showed himself when he took us out of Mitzrayim, we don't make the mistake that the Miraglim thought, namely, that in the realm of natural, it's only that. For the Jew, he is always there. teva and teva. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is always with us, and this gives us our faith, this gives us our strong belief that as our history has shown it, so too this is paving the way for our special destiny. Shabbat Shalom.
to all.